I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan and today I have a very special guest doesn't make many appearances on the podcast. I think he's only made one previous appearance before this um, this appearance. Um, I had Andrew Kim back on the podcast, um, good friend of mine, and it's going to be a little bit different. I know that on this podcast, I've talked a lot about sports and it's mainly focused on sports, but with all the coronavirus stuff going on, um, I thought I'd bring in bring him on to the podcast because uh, there's no sports to be talking about unless we want to talk about horse racing or um, Australian basketball, I believe. So there's not much going on or Chinese basketball league just started up. So there really isn't much sports going on. So we're in a little bit of a dead period with sports because of the coronavirus. But Andrew, welcome on to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Uh, glad to be on. I'm not a sports expert like some of the other guests you have on, but I'm happy to talk about tonight's topics with you. Exactly. So, Andrew, uh, we're doing something a little bit different today. So, like, the coronavirus is sweeping the nation in terms of all the stuff that has been happening all over the country, all over the world, um, declared a global pandemic. And I just thought I'd bring you on to kind of uh, – talk about some of the things that have been happening uh, around the world and I guess how it's affected us personally. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I feel like it's only been 10 or 11 days before things got very serious, before it really started hitting everyone uh, in front of their face that this is a serious pandemic, a serious life generational, life-changing event. But I feel like a lot's happened in those past 10 or 11 days for both of us personally and like the world as we know it. Yeah. So give me a little bit of your side of the story because Andrew works in the government and um, it's kind of interesting. He's living down in DC. What are, what's going on down in DC? Because up in Jersey, like it's, it's basically not no non-essential travel. Um, you know, we had a curfew at 8 PM in New Jersey for a while before Governor Murphy ended up shutting down basically any non-essential travel. The only reasons you can really be out on the roads are if you want to get food at a grocery store or if you want to pick up a prescription. So it's kind of crazy how how much, uh, you know, the span of a week can change a lot of things in terms of your freedom of movement. So um, and then in my personal life, like, basically moved to remote learning. So everyone's kind of been joking around that uh, they're enrolled in Zoom University right now because <laughs> they're, they're using a bunch, you know, we're using a bunch of online learning type of stuff. So we're basically getting an online learning degree at this point. Um, but yeah, it's definitely changed a lot of things. I've, I'm already not going back to uh, to school in person for the rest of the semester. And uh, my graduation's postponed. So it's definitely affecting my life in a huge way. So, Andrew, what ways has it affected your life in terms of what's going down in D.C.? So I know things started getting weird and bad because around two weeks ago, I clearly remember I went to Costco with my girlfriend on Monday 
And we like to go on Mondays after work because, you know, people usually don't go on Mondays. And we go. It's busier than normal. We figure, you know, it's just because there's some of these trembles and room or yeah, these trembles of coronavirus were starting to come to the U.S. A couple of cases confirmed by that time. And we get there. We notice that there's pretty much no water, no bottled water, uh, barely any paper towels, no toilet paper. And we thought that was strange, but we have heard of this. At the time, we thought we heard people were starting to over panic and buy toilet paper, which I still don't understand why people need to buy stockpile toilet paper, let alone get them in a Costco portion. Anyway, we go over like, okay, you know, it's busier than normal, whatever. We still were able to get most of the things we were looking for. And so that was two Mondays ago, uh, March 9th. And then two days later, I clearly remember starting to see on people's Instagram stories that they were going to Costco and they were going to the supermarkets and there were lines, you know, wrapping around aisles, wrapping down towards the end of the warehouse at Costco. And then before we know it, by the end of the week, uh, everything started hitting the fan. So that's when the stock market was really going downhill. Uh, that's when true panic set in. And that's, I think, when we started hearing from the U.S. government, whether it was federal or maybe certain states, I can't, can't clearly remember they were starting to put all these measures in place to uh, start talking about flattening the curve, social distancing. So um, I know it's, it's, it feels weird. It's only started happening in a serious sense around 10 days ago, but here we are 10 days later. And it's just weird to know that uh, anytime I look on Google Maps on my phone around like 9 a.m. or 5 p.m., it's just green everywhere. There's no traffic at all in a DMV area. Anyone who lives in the D.C. area knows that there's perennially going to be traffic from 7 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. and from, like, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. But you know everything's at a standstill when you can drive almost anywhere at any time. Granted, you shouldn't be doing that, but you can uh, without any traffic. Uh, it's kind of weird to see a lot of people running outside, I think, Virginia is known to have a runner's community, but my gosh, we have a lot of running going on now. <laughs> uh, kind of convincing me. I'm like, dang, should I get my cardio in? But uh, I'm really bad at running, so I'm just uh, doing what I can with resistance bands. Um, I've actually been kind of actively thinking about who I'm hanging out with. I've kind of kept it to a close eight, nine group uh, number of people that I feel comfortable seeing because we've all been seeing each other throughout the past couple of weeks. And it's just like a social group I trust. It's under, it's not a big crowd. It's under the CDC recommended guidelines. But I, even even um, one of my girlfriend's roommates uh, was hanging out with this guy and I was thinking like, oh, he's a nice guy. Like I met him today. But in the back of my mind, I was like, well, who else has he been hanging out with? I know he lives <laughs> in DC. I don't know this guy. Who's he hanging out with? Who's, who's he slumming with? But, uh, Small things like that, I think, are just creeping in my mind where I'm more wary about who I'm around. And even before gyms were closed, I remember my last workout in the gym, I was so distracted and so paranoid about maybe touching and touching my face after touching weights or something that I didn't even have a good workout. I left the gym early because I was like, I'm too paranoid to fully work out. And then all of a sudden, the next day, all the gyms closed. So, um good for me but it's crazy how much has happened in 10 days since uh, yeah, it, this came up in front of our face 
Yeah, it's really crazy in terms of like the amount of measures that are being taken um, over the past, I would say ramped up over the past 10 days or so. Or so. And um, yeah, you mentioned the gyms being closed. I, I don't think I've seen any friends since like 10 days ago. So it's basically, I've been basically just seeing my parents, uh, you know, stuffed in um, at home. And they like, I had to basically yell at my parents uh, letting them know, like, hey, you need to take this seriously. Like, this is a big deal. Um, I think they started getting the idea, but they were uh, definitely, I think, a little bit more lax in terms of taking it seriously um, up until I was like, hey, I need to sit you guys down, start yelling at them. I felt like I was the adult in the room while they were, like, the high school kids that really wanted to go hang out with their friends. <laughs> so it was it was a really um, – interesting and eye-opening experience there. I think one of the things that was really fascinating um, from your point of view, Andrew, was um, the idea of like um, the runners community. And I think it's really interesting because I, I have been noticing because that's probably the only type of physical activity I've been getting, like going around walking around my neighborhood, around my block. And I've been seeing and noticing a lot more people out and about and just like maybe some kids playing outside, things like that. And it's really interesting to me because um, a lot of people are talking about like how they're going to gain a ton of weight um, because of uh, being locked inside. And believe me, I think Beachbody is out the window right now, especially with all this going on, like being able to work out consistently has been extremely tough um i was joking around today with my uh parents how i i think i could if there was a, a trash can basketball team i think i would be amazing at it because i've been just practicing <laughs> practicing shooting hoops in my in my bedroom um to, towards the trash can that's like the level of boredom that i've gotten to at this point where like netflix watching a certain amount of netflix has basically turned my brain into jello um, so it's been pretty crazy in that way. But anyways, Andrew, in terms of some of the, I, I mean, everyone has their activities in terms of what they do, um, have been doing during the quarantine or self-quarantining. Um, there's so many different words that have been like getting popular, popularized during this time, self-quarantining, you know, COVID-19 coronavirus. What else is there? Um, you were, you're mentioning, um, uh, social distancing, uh, a lot of different terms like that. But Andrew, what are some of the activities that you've been doing throughout this time? Uh, let's see. So I mentioned before, I have not been running outside. I'm not, to me, that actually doesn't make sense. Like, I, I know people are itching to get out and run and go for a run because running is one of the few things you can do without going to the gym. But if everybody's running, you're all going to be sharing the street and I would just, I would rather run in the middle of the road facing cars than not have to run past someone who could potentially be like heavily breathing within like a three feet radius of my body. But and sucking wind. Sucking wind. Exactly. I'm sharing that wind. I'm sharing that air with you. You're breathing into my atmosphere, even if we're just passing each other for 0.5 seconds. Um, but I, I understand why running is in, I've seen an increase of people running outside. It really is one of the few things you can do while you're self-quarantining, while you're cooped up all alone or uh, whoever you're with. 
Uh, I know there's an interesting series about, well, if everyone's quarantining, are we going to see a spike in babies nine months from now? Are we going to actually see a spike in divorces? Uh, I know people have been jokingly saying, don't even have babies, just wait nine months, you might see some kids up for adoption. But uh, I just think I just think it's like we're going to see some like very interesting things that might happen because of this quarantining where everybody's shutting down and they're shutting in with those that they live with or with it, whether it's family or friends. Um, but instead of running, I've been working out outside. I have a couple of resistance bands that I've had with me that I use in the gym. But um, I've been there's a playground by my building that I go to early in the morning and uh, it's great because I can do, I can wrap the resistance bands around various heights in the playground. So I can do certain like workout exercises. I can do push-ups down there. Um, I can even do some things with like the picnic table they have there. And I get kind of creative about just trying to still work out and exercise, um, even though the gym's closed and I am just still trying to maintain some level of fitness, but it's been a great excuse for me to hurriedly admit that I will not be beach body ready because I don't even know if we're going to be able to visit beaches and be in public gatherings in three, four months from now. So other than working out, I've uh, been taking, uh, you know how people are saying you need to support local business, especially local restaurants, buy takeout when you can, buy from local groceries, local stores. So I've been using a lame excuse for that to go out and buy takeout food more often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's in the rotation of the takeout food? What's so, what some of the things that you've been getting? This past week, I went to – so my girlfriend works in the restaurant industry. They're a small business. They're a small restaurant group. They only own, I think, four restaurants right now. And they've had to close, uh, I think, all of them except for one, mo- mainly because they couldn't support the resources and staff to keep the restaurants open. Uh also partly because in D.C. and Maryland, they, the, the governor's called for, the governor and the mayor called for um, shutdown of retail businesses unless you're doing takeout or unless you're an essential service. But regardless, I got takeout from, uh, great, from my girlfriend's restaurant the other day. I drove out 20 minutes to Annandale, Virginia, where all the Korean restaurants are in the, in the northern Virginia area. Got me some uh, jajangmyeon, which is like a Korean Chinese dish. And what's weird was I don't think Koreans are backing down from this threat yet because they I don't shut to... down for anything. No, they don't. I, I I'll ask you how it is in Jersey in a second. But when I went in to pick up my order, they were still accepting dine-in customers. There was a table there, and then they left, and another uh, table came in. So I was like, what the heck? But I mean, Virginia hasn't called for. Uh, a shutdown of dining in yet. I imagine it's going to happen soon. And then just yesterday, I went to go get Korean fried chicken, and they're also still accepting dining customers. So I'm th- I just think Koreans are stubborn. They're trying to resist to the last minute. But uh, that's been in my rotation this past week. Oh, but I also got pizza for dinner tonight. So always uh, solid choices for me. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, so it, it's been kind of interesting. Up in Jersey, they called it fairly early in terms of uh, no more dining in, probably earlier this week. So there just hasn't been any, like, dining in. It's always it's mostly been takeout and um, delivery. Um, so a lot of home-cooked meals that 
my my mom has been cooking, so can't complain about that and those options as well. Um, so can't complain about any of those things. Have hey, you Ted. been doing the? Yeah. Have you been doing the grocery shopping for your parents? Have or or was part of your frustration when it was because they were just going out and doing things, hanging with friends, buying their own groceries. They're doing it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they are. So it's it's kind of an interesting thing psychologically as well. I think we can maybe get into this uh, a little bit later, but uh, or maybe we could even get into it right now. But one of the things that I think is fascinating is this idea of like having control over this um, virus and like what you can do to feel like that you have control over the virus in comparison to letting in the anxiety kind of take over um, take over you. And one of the things that I found really fascinating is, um, the level of comfort that people have, um, when they have the amount of control over like, whether it be like picking up their own, like, uh, having takeout instead of like calling in for delivery, because there, there's that one extra hand that, um, that food is passing through. Also, just being able to to understand where, like, be able to see where that food is coming from while you pick it up, and not and it be free from germs. So it's really interesting that level of um, comfort that you end up having um, when when kind of doing that. Because inherently, if you're actually going to the grocery store, you're probably in contact with a bunch. That's probably the most contact you're going to have with a lot of random different people. And just in terms of the odds, you're bound to run into someone that is maybe a carrier for it, but doesn't have, is, is not exhibiting the, uh, the symptoms at all. So the level of comfort that people have in terms of at basically taking control and being like, I'm going to be able to pick up my own groceries in comparison to having someone deliver them food where you don't really know where, that delivery person has been, I think that could kind of, I, I, I know talking with friends, that kind of brought and struck some fear in, to people. I think everyone's taking this idea of trying to get control back into their own hands uh, pretty differently. I agree with you. I think there's a certain sense of where if you're going out and grabbing the food yourself or getting your groceries yourself, um, on one hand, it's you taking control of, this, of a situation. You're trying to, uh, you're trying to take control of a situation you really can't. Um, but on the other hand, like you said, if you're out of public spaces and you're kind of in a crowd, chances are you might bump into someone or might be in the vicinity of someone who might be carrying the coronavirus. On the other hand, I've also heard from friends who are suddenly uh, signing up for HelloFresh, doing meal delivery services because. I think that's psychologically for them how they're trying to control the situation where they think, well, if groceries are asked, I, I said I can't go there because there's going to be a lot of people there, and the best bet is to have food delivered to me, whether it's groceries or a meal prep uh, program. And so I just think it's really interesting how I don't think there's a right answer. I mean, they're, they're at a basic level, there are right answers of what you can do. Of course, uh, practice social distancing, limit what you're doing outside, but in the way – people individually are trying to uh, feel comfortable about being in control again. Uh, I think everyone's taking it sort of differently. And 
in a sense, I feel like I can agree with how everyone's approaching it. Um, it just sucks because this is, there's no right answer here. There's no perfect way to really make yourself immune and a hundred percent get, get away from, uh, any risk of being infected. Yeah. And the kind of like funny thing about all of this is that America as a whole is probably at its cleanest right now because of all the, all the safe practices people are doing. Everyone's washing their hands for a legitimate 20 seconds and not like twist, like just kind of like running their hands under the water and then running out of the bathroom. <laughs> um, so I, it's kind of funny that, you know, throughout this time and like the amount of precautions that are being taken because of the serious nature of all the stuff that's happening. Um, it's kind of taken to this level of seriousness before people have to wash their hands for 20 seconds. Um, so it's, it's just a really fascinating, I think like psychological thing in terms of people feeling like they need to take control over and feel like they have control over this virus um, so that they have this sense of autonomy, um, which is, I think, another thing that's really fascinating. Um, so, Andrew, I think let's get to part, like, some of the levity of the conversation that I wanted to have um, associated with the coronavirus. Well, and, and I want to preface all of this by saying um, we understand that there's a lot of serious, like, health um, risks and everything that's involved, a lot of implications um, about coronavirus that are extremely serious. Um, everyone should go check the CDC website uh, to see the latest regulations and all the things that have com been coming out um, for, um, from the, from the go federal government, and then also, more importantly, your local government as well. Go check those websites wherever you're living. I encourage and implore you to do your research and go go do that. But on this podcast, we are kind of uh, we're going to kind of try to give some entertainment to the people a little bit, um, kind of get their mind off of this a little bit. So, um, how are you spending? AK, what are some of like what are like the top three things that you've been doing outside of? eating um, um, <laughs> that, that you've been able to do that I think maybe some people would kind of be interested in uh, participating in. So one thing I've done a couple of times recently, and it's probably not the best idea, is that I've gone golfing. I think okay. it's <laughs> you know what's coming, Kevin? You know what's coming? <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think this is a, a psychological, irrational reasoning that I've put in my head where I think, well, you're on a golf course. You'd be playing with three other guys you trust. No one's around you. You're not interacting with anyone except for maybe the starter and a guy you're checking in with. Beautiful day out. Let's just go golf. And um, my only concern throughout all of that has been, well, maybe the cart that I'm sitting in, the golf cart that I'm sitting in and I'm using uh, may be at risk, may have coronavirus on the seat or something but uh, I have gone golfing a couple times since this has happened and not gonna lie it was pretty fun it spring is here and the weather has been getting pretty warm uh, so that was enjoyable uh, I don't think I'll recommend it to everyone I just don't personally it was a great activity I don't think uh, people recommend doing golf in a time like this 
Uh, let's see. Another thing I've been doing actually was my uh, old high school group of friends. We've been video chatting each other pretty frequently. We kind of pop up and do a video chat around noon and just people come in and out if you're available just to talk and um, spend time together. Uh, we actually started playing Catan online together. A couple of us uh, played a game last night. And so I think there's been this weird trend, and I think you can speak more about it, especially because your classes have shifted to a virtual environment. But at least socially, I think there's been a huge trend towards people hanging out virtually, where, like my friends, we've been doing video chatting. We've even started playing board games online. Uh, I've been playing video games with my friends, but that's another type of activity that I think people can do virtually with friends. But I even know I've heard some friends do virtual happy hour where people actually just get their own drinks, get their own beer, wine, whatever. They join a group call, video call, and some of them are even uh, setting backgrounds behind them to pretend they're at their favorite restaurant or their bar or to pretend that they're outside and they're socializing together, which I think is hilarious. I think it's just really funny and interesting about how that, things like that have changed because of this health pandemic. Um, but I know this is probably something you're seeing too, especially with your classes right now, Kevin. Totally. It's, it's a really fascinating time with like, I would say educational technology. Like I think it's, it's going to be really interesting in terms of does, is this a signal um, for the future in terms of um, this being more of a possibility with class, more and more classes going online um, and working remotely because honestly they've worked fairly smoothly um, and it's it's uh, I mean there there's something to be said to go into a physical place and actually learn um, like in real time in in a physical place but honestly it hasn't been too bad and like we've done like I've done like those hangouts, digital hangouts as well with like friends and stuff like that. So it's really fascinating to uh, to hear, see and hear all that. And I've actually had people reach out to me uh, more frequently now um, to just to see how I'm doing and check up on me. And I've been doing the same to other people. Um, and I feel like more people have been willing to reach out because of all this stuff um, that we are going through as a community. So those are all really interesting things. Um, AK, what have been some of the, I know like everyone's been watching Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Um, are there any recommendations that you have regarding, uh, things to stream or watch? All right. I got two, uh, okay. both on Netflix and they're on different ends of the spectrum. Uh, got it. One is if you're bored, and I think it's kind of fitting in today's times, and if you like reality TV that maybe you can see is a little trashy, Love is Blind. All right. I think, Get on. Have you, have, you, have you watched this, Kevin? I have watched it. AK, if you said reality TV, <laughs> you better believe I've watched it. <laughs> so I barely watch any reality TV, and this was uh, one of – maybe only two shows I've watched with my girlfriend together in its entirety. And that's partly because we actually started watching this when we were traveling in Switzerland. Um, and we actually traveled at the end of February, so we were able to travel right before things got bad in Europe. But anyway, I think Love is Blind is perfect. It's oddly fitting right now because the premise of Love is Blind is that 
the show invites however maybe uh, let's say it was 15 guys 15 girls into a house and in the house they are living separately guys and girls are living separately but in between them are all these separate rooms that they call pods and you enter these pods uh one one verse one by one or sorry there's several pods but you go on virtual dates in these pods where you don't know who you're talking to on the other side of the room because there's like a um Screen. Wall, yeah. screen in between you two. Um, so the show is trying to prove whether love is really blind. So you go on all of these blind dates with all these other people in the home and eventually given, I think maybe it was like 10 days or however long they gave contestants, um, you can propose to one of these people and you won't know who they are until after you've proposed and they've accepted. And I just think it's kind of fitting because we're, it's kind of the opposite. Uh, it's opposite and similar in the, in the dating scenarios we're facing now where, I mean, I imagine people aren't really going on dates, especially with strangers these days, but just the weird idea that all these people are stuck in a home. Uh, they're going on dates with each other, but they can't even talk to each other. It's kind of a weird mix of today's dating app, online dating world, mixed in with we're self-quarantined. We have no idea what's going on. So... I'm putting out Love is Blind. I thought it was actually pretty entertaining and pretty intriguing, pretty intriguing. And I actually liked it, given the fact that I don't really watch reality TV and I'm not a big fan of reality TV as a genre. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of spoiler alerts um, in terms of, like, things that I could give out. But it does get extremely crazy, extremely wild, um, the things that you wouldn't expect to happen. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really fascinating show, I think, from a social, like, psychological perspective. And, yeah, it's just, like, such a fitting show um, at this specific time because of the things that you mentioned in terms of coronavirus and because of mo- the modern dating world. So uh, definitely check that show out because it's definitely a really fascinating one. I think a lot of people, the first episode draws you in and it just keeps you there. So oh, yeah. definitely uh, check that one out. What's the yeah, other man. show on the other side of the uh, other side of the spectrum? Should I share my other one or I think you share both of yours? Should we go one at a time? Uh, share yours. Okay. Mine is, the other one is the other side of spectrum, meaning uh, it's more serious. It's, I think it's more engaging, more intense, not reality TV. It's Kingdom, which is a Korean cool. show. Okay. Also on Netflix. Season two came out uh, a couple weeks ago, and I pretty much binge watched it and highly recommend it to anyone. Even if you're not Korean, you usually don't watch foreign shows, foreign films. I think it's such a good watch. Even if you get scared, uh, if you get easily scared, you don't watch scary movies, you don't like seeing scary, gory things. Um, the best way I can describe this show is if you have watched Game of Thrones, it's similar to that, where you have all this political backstabbing, backdooring going on in the ancient Korean, not ancient, but like old and Korean times, but the White Walkers are actually there in Korea at the same time. That's the best way I can kind of give an analogy of how Kingdom is as a show. But it's very intense. Each season's only six episodes each. And I think that's partly because they want to keep 
each season uh, action-packed. It doesn't ever really feel slow. I feel like there's always a spike of adrenaline in each episode. And I think partly because they do such a good job with the production from um, the costume, from even the makeup and setting uh, in every scene. I think how they make the zombies look are is incredible. Uh, blows anything else out of the park in terms of how zombies look, in my opinion. But uh, it's gripping. It's, it's action. Pat's, it's, the season was a little scary, but once you get used to the fact that there's a zombie uh, play going on, it's just really gripping, and it just I, I think it's so hard to just only watch one episode and then move on with your day. Got it. Yeah, I've been hearing great things about Kingdom, so that is definitely on my watch list. All right, so I have a couple shows that I've been uh, in rotation right now all on Netflix, so um, people can access that if they have Netflix. So Love is Blind was also one of my shows, but I have a couple more uh, to to go check out. So one of them is at continuing on the Korean theme, Korean drama theme. Um, I got into Itaewon class, <laughs> and <laughs> it drew me in. I don't know what it was, but uh, me and my parents probably watched – eight or nine episodes in the span of the last two days or so um, this past weekend. So that's uh, thoroughly uh, dragged me in. And it's a classic Korean drama. Um, basically, this guy, um, basically, this guy is trying to get revenge um, on the on behalf of his uh, dead father. So it's, it's, that's like the basic premise and um, kind of a spoiler alert for episode one. But that was enough to draw me in. And, uh, yeah, that was something that me and my parents did for the past couple of days or so. Uh, and, and Kevin, you don't, you don't watch Korean dramas or shows to begin with. So this is a very rare moment of you watching Korean shows. Is that right? Yeah, it is. I don't know what it was that drew me into it. Um, but, yeah, I, I was captivated, and it was something that was fun for um, all of us as a family to watch together. So it was uh, pretty intriguing there. Um, that's one show. The other show that I have is um, something that's a little – that's non-scripted. Um, it's a food show called Ugly Delicious Season ah. 2. came out, David Chang. Um, it's basically him going around um, talking about one specific uh, type of food um, during each episode. So in season two, he uh, talks about baby food because he ha- he's recently had a kid. Um, he talks about um, curry, talks about doner, like kebabs and stuff like that. Um, and then in season one, he has like some really interesting um, episodes about tacos, pasta, things like that. And it just talks about his, like the cultural impacts of all these different types of dishes um, for all over the world. And he brings on different uh, people, different celebrity guests, different um, uh, celebrity chef guests um, that he like goes around, tries all of these different dishes. Um, and it's a really interesting, fascinating show. Uh, and, and the way they talk about food. So I definitely recommend people go check that out if they haven't checked that out. Third is the show called All American. It's a football show. It's like a football teen drama type of show. I don't know w- what this says about my personality or what this says <laughs> about my taste, but it's kind of like 
Friday Night Lights, but set in um, um, California, like Southern California, and talks about like the gangs in um, I forget um, in Compton, I believe. Um, I think it's Compton or it's uh, Crenshaw in Crenshaw, and talks about like gang life there, but then also talks about the dichotomy between. Uh, the gang life in Crenshaw in comparison to like the nice, um, the nice, um, like rich, um, I guess, like class of Beverly Hills and talks about that dichotomy and all the drama that goes into that. So it's kind of like the modern day Friday Night Lights, even though Friday Night Lights can't be pushed off uh, its pedestal at all. So that's another recommendation. So those are some of the shows that I've been uh, going cycling through right now. So Andrew, I also yeah. did, I also did download um, this video game called football manager <laughs> 20. And if people don't know what this is, um, so I, I downloaded this game because for nerds, for sorry, yeah, go ahead. it basically is a game for football nerds or soccer nerds. Um, and it's basically this game where you take a team and try to win a bunch of games by managing um, every aspect of the soccer team. So you can talk, you can manage like the training styles and it's like very detailed in terms of like all the different functions and features. Um, they had a free download that you could do through Steam up until I believe the 25th or so. So I, I, I took the plunge and yeah, that pretty much took half a day out of my, out of my Sunday today. So uh, that was definitely entertaining um, as well. The so game is completely took... free to play? Well, just until the 25th. Oh. So they, I think it's a, a way to get people uh, drawn in because um, everyone's stuck at home, quarantined. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, it's a really fascinating game. And I think if there was a game like this for the NFL or, or, or the NBA, I think it would be really fascinating in terms of um, the way people would kind of handle it because it, it's, like, super specific in terms of all the minute details. So definitely go check that out. Kevin, is this game – this is way more advanced than just playing, like, I don't know what it is in FIFA, but, like, the equivalent Like FIFA of career mode or NBA, like, dynasty mode or whatever, 2K dynasty mode. It's, like, right. completely – it's, like, so much more in-depth. Okay. And you're not even watching the games, right? It's just simulating the games for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. It's just a simulation of the games. Okay. Yeah. It, it's really fascinating, though, because I was reading up on, like, some of the Wikipedia pages. There was actually a guy a couple years back – because of his success in the game, he ended up getting a real management job in world football. That is ridiculous. Like professional football. Yeah. Because of his success in the game. Because of how successful he is in the game. Because there's like all these like uh, online world like rankings and stuff like that. And he must have done really well. But he got the attention of someone because of his success through this game. And, uh, yeah, he was given a management position in uh, a real football team. Well, there you have it. That's the key to – that's how video games can translate into career. Kids exactly. Tell your parents that. Video games are taking over the world. Like, 
Steam's happening, then all the streaming stuff that's happening as well. Um, okay, other things that have been com- becoming super popular, TikTok dances, um, definitely have not part- <laughs> have not partaken in any of those, but nope. um, yeah, definitely not, have not done any of that, but definitely have been uh, seeing a lot of those dances become popularized um, as people are getting bored um, being self-quarantined. Anything else off the top of your head that, that you can think of in terms of activities? No, not really. And that's what's kind of sad about all this is that <laughs> the best way we're going to be social with each other is through a computer or through a phone. And I think that's just all the more telling about this generation, for better or for worse. Uh, that's how we're connecting with each other now. Yeah, totally. So there are a couple other things that me and Andrew wanted to talk about in terms of um, kind of bringing some levity to uh, the current seriousness of this situation. So we posed a couple of different questions that we came up with, and we're going to just go back and forth and talk about um, some of the things. So this is the first question that we had posed. So because of the quarantine, uh, most people are either stuck with stuck in the house with their families or with roommates or friends um, in an apartment. So Andrew, me and you were kind of talking, going back and forth. If you had to be stuck with three people in a home and you couldn't choose any of your friends or any family to be stuck with, who are the three people that you would choose to be stuck with in a home? For And, and this is like based off of the CDC recommendation. So it would probably be about a month or two at max. So should I put all three out right now or should we go one at a time? Yeah, I think we should go one at a time going back and forth. Okay. So to preface this, my I think I could have made my list better because when I first read an interpretive question, I thought like, oh my god, the end times are here. Okay, so my first pick was Bear Grylls. Okay, so you so you went full <laughs> survival mode. I went like, this world is fucked. How am I gonna survive for a month in the house? Got it. Okay, I did not go that. <laughs> I didn't go that practically at all. I was just like kind of like thinking about more like who are three people that I kind of like was curious to get to know that I don't know celebrities like that I would just want to get an insight in and like three people uh, that kind of just popped into my mind. So that that was kind of the thinking that I was going. But AK is like somewhere in a hut in the middle of uh, (laughs) – in the middle of the country or in an underground bunker in the middle of the country trying to figure out how he's going to survive off of, um, like, food packets with Bear grills. So uh, it's just the sole reasoning because he knows how to survive and he's going to guide you in terms of how he's going to survive? Yes, that is the sole reason. I, I figure of the, top, of the three people, I need someone who's a survivalist who can go out somehow kill an animal with his bare hands, suck its poison out, and then be able to feed it to us. And I just thought Better Girls is number one at that. I I think it's funny how we took this question in very different paths, but uh, Better Girls is my number one pick. Got it. Okay. So my number one pick was former President Barack Obama. 
and the reason why I went with this, so the reason why I went with this pick was if he was just stuck in a house with three other people, like he's bound to kind of reveal some type of secrets. And this is thinking like, he's not going to have like any of the secret service. Michelle's not there. Sasha's not there. Uh, Malia's not there. So it's just him. Right. So at the end of the day, you'd probably think like, all right, maybe he's going to reveal a couple of things uh, about his presidency. You get to talk with him, have a couple of beers with him, like uh, just chill out. Like what else is he going to do for the, for the whole month and a half? Like he's going to just isolate himself in the house and not do anything. No, he's got to be a social roommate or something like that. So I was just thinking like, it would kind of get, be really interesting to get inside of his head and see what he um, was up to. And he's a huge sports fan. So I, I, I would really be able to get his insights on um, his Chicago Bulls and how he feels about them and where they're going. And he could, uh, like, I feel like you get a more authentic and real um, type of, like, personality from him instead of the always polished politician that he is. Um, and not like, he's not like super, pol- like, politician-like, um, in the public eye, but I think he has kind of like that polish as a famous person, person in terms of always saying the right thing. So it'd be really interesting to see and hear some of the hot takes that uh, President Obama would have. So that's my number one pick there. You definitely get a lot of great sport podcast episodes out of him if you had that much time with him. Exactly. So that's uh, my number one. So AK. Number two guy for you or person for you? All right. So I've secured the guy who can go out and kill an animal with his bare hands and bring me back food. Now I need a guy who can cook it and make it look gourmet. So Gordon Ramsay is my number two pick. Oh, okay. I think, Got I think it. not only is he, is he a world-renowned chef, he uh, clearly has an understanding of cuisines from all over the world, but – I just think he's, he's got quite a personality. I think his TV personality certainly is, is uh, to some degree, who he is in real life. And so whether he's berating me because I put too much salt on my chicken or just making fun of me for no reason, I think he'll just be, he'll be a fun personality to have uh, as one of the three people I'm stuck with. That's a really fast thing. So I'll bring up number two. I actually said David Chang. Because of the same line of thinking, actually, he can provide gourmet dishes to cook. The only thing I think this is this could be a really this this pick could backfire because I have a feeling that he's not going to want to cook gourmet food in the middle for a month straight. So it's just basically me like hiring him kind of. But it's like, all right, if he's going to bring along like all of the food that he can cook, then I'm down for that. So that's. Uh, my number two pick. I think we're in the same line of thinking there. There we go. All right. So number three, AK, what do you have for your number three pick? All right. I've secured the survivalist. I've got the chef. Now I need someone who can do everything else. And that guy who can do everything else is Johnny Kim. Kevin, do you know who Johnny Kim is? No, I don't know who this is. I think you might have heard of him, but... Let me briefly read uh, a bit of, about him from his Wikipedia page. So Johnny Kim is a 36-year-old 
NASA astronaut candidate. I think he just finishes um, at NASA training program in January. But before that, he was a Navy SEAL, and he was on SEAL Team 3. And before that, maybe it was in between NASA and the Navy SEALs, but I don't remember the order. But he was also a medical doctor. He graduated from Harvard Medical University. So okay. this guy at age 36 uh, graduated med school with a licensed doctor at some point, was also a U.S. Navy SEAL, and now just finished training to become an astronaut in NASA. So that's my number third pick. I feel like I'm cheating with this guy, but he's my number three guy. Wow. So you've got you basically got a survivalist, someone that can cook all your food for you, and then a guy that, like, if anything goes to shit, he's going to be the calm one in the room to be like, all right, I can take care of you if you have a disease or, or injured. Um, and, like, if you want to go to space, let's go to space then, if, if the world goes <laughs> yeah. to shit. Yeah, if the world's gone to shit, he'll, he'll find us a way to get to space. Yeah, so that – really fascinating in terms of the way AK's mind works. It's uh it sounds like that um these picks are heavily influenced by um him watching Kingdom. Um so it's <laughs> it's really a really fascinating bunch of three people. All right. So the third person that I was thinking about was someone that also is multifaceted, but not in the way that you kind of went with your pick, AK. My third pick you kind of need some levity, some someone that's funny, someone that's talented, someone that's going to entertain a little bit. I'm bringing Jamie Foxx into the room. So Jamie Foxx, Ooh. Is, yeah, Ooh. he can sing, he can do impressions, oh. funny guy. Um, he's a he's like he 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 has the whole package, and he can he can sing songs, um, and you know, sing me to bed basically. He can um, he can make a True. bunch of jokes. Um, so yeah, that 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 was kind of like my thought process into why I would have Jamie Foxx as um, the third person in, in the in the room. That's a great third pick. He's the guy who can do, like you said, singing the bed. I've got a massive man crush on him. He he's aged well. He can sing. He can dance. He can act. I'm sure he can get along with everyone else in your room in your house that you're stuck with. So. I like that therapy. That's a great way to round it out, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. I, I've also <laughs> noticed that we have no women in, <laughs> in each of our each of our houses. Um, so basically, uh, nothing doing there. But I think with the whole premise, it's kind of like we only have a, it's basically a month or two with these people, and I think that would be that would suffice in terms of uh, the time constraints there. So. Uh, really interesting things. I like how we went different with that, AK. Yeah, I uh, didn't know we were thinking in terms of a laid-back way, but I think this worked out well. Totally agree. All right, so AK, another question that we that you posed, actually, that I found really fascinating is uh, there's this whole thing with especially the financial markets kind of going in flux um, and going out of whack. Uh, there's like all these proposals going through the government in terms of a possible, I believe, twelve hundred dollars or so. I think it was like a thousand, but got bumped up to like twelve hundred, twelve hundred dollars per month that each American adult would receive um, if you know some of this legislation 
goes through as a result of all the stuff that's happening with coronavirus. Um, now, AK, with that $1,200, how are you spending that $1,200? And I, I think to preface the $1,200, the $1,200 cannot, like, it can't, like, basically all your other things are taken care of. So like your rent's taken care of, your your utilities are taken care of, all of your bills are taken care of. So this is basically an extra, the government's like, here's an extra $1,200. What are you doing with that money? All right. So also to preface this, uh, I like how you, you know, you, you warned the audience that this is just for fun money because, um, and from what I understand, the $1,200, they're still negotiating that amount, but I think they're assuming if you make under X number, X amount of income in your household in a year, you'll get to 1200 and it gets less as you make more. But for this sake, we're both getting 1200 right? So uh, I got this suggestion by my fellow golf buddies who are bad influences upon me because when we, went, when we last went golfing, they kept saying this. They were like, hey, man, if I get that $1,200, I'm buying new golf clubs. And at Ooh, first, okay. <laughs> at first, at first, I was admonishing them. I was saying, "This is why this policy is not going to work because we have bozos like you who are going to buy golf sets and not spend it on more important things or spending it other ways that can better boost the economy or something." But then, low key in the back of my mind, they planted the seed in my mind, and I thought about this, and I honestly thought if I actually got twelve hundred dollars. I think I would maybe use some of it to buy myself some new golf clubs. Okay. Okay. That's a fascinating decision <laughs> that I didn't really think about here. <laughs> because for some of those who uh, don't play golf, golf sets are very expensive. Even if you're – so for me right now, I have a beginner set. I think I bought it for maybe around $200, and it has everything you need, but it's a beginner set. And in the world of golf – Golf equipment can get very expensive. So uh, a, gol- a new set of irons, which are uh, most of the types of golf clubs you would use in a golf bag, a, set, a new set of those can be easily, easily thousands of dollars. It depends on the brand. It depends on how they're made, if you're a good player or not, how it's, what play style it's for. But regardless, I think if you have $1,200, even if you're not using all of it, you can do some major damage into um, reducing how much money you're going to have to spend out of pocket to get a new set of golf clubs. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I didn't really think about that. That's a really good pick that I did not think about. Um, so the $1,200 that I was thinking about using, um, there are a couple different things. Like I thought about um, like an Xbox, or like PS4, or a new computer, new monitor, things mm. like that. Um, all like really solid uh, things. <laughs> One of the things that I was thinking about to enhance my um, my like movie watching like capabilities, or in my home, I think I might buy a massage chair. Ooh. Now, now, oh, I'm jealous of that pick. Now, reason being, massage chair. I, I, 
honestly didn't go on Amazon or didn't go on any of these sites to check if the $1,200, like the massage chair fits in the $1,200 range, which I, I highly doubt. I feel like it's a little bit more expensive than the $1,200. So maybe we're quarantined for two months and we, you know, add the other 1200 So it's 2400 to the to the massage chair. So the reason why I say massage chair is it's awesome. <laughs> if you've ever no been doubt. in a massage chair, it's awesome. Relieves a lot of stress. You don't need another person to use the massage chair. So like a lot of these massagers, like self-massagers, you have to have your hands, your other hands using the massager on your hand, on yourself. So it's kind of annoying to be able to do that. So if you're in a massage chair just sitting there, you can just sit down, you can do other things on your phone, you can watch TV, easy access. I don't know if President Obama is going to really want to use the massage gun on me to be massaging me. Um, (laughs) So really good relaxation, relaxing, um, yeah, so that's probably what I would spend it on. So you could kind of see I'm all about maximum comfort here and maximum relaxation. But for those that know me, um, I have a long and rigorous warm-up routine when I'm in the gym, and it includes 30, 30 minutes of foam rolling and stretching. And so I, I love massages. Little, I think it's a little excessive, honestly, the 30 minutes of foam rolling, but uh, Andrew enjoy, thoroughly enjoys it. Yes, so... If I had a space for it, I had the money for it, I too would, in a heartbeat, get a solid massage chair to fully round out my self-massaging world. Yep. So that's probably what I'd spend it on. Nothing. Yeah. So just, no. you know, obviously we took out like the seriousness of like the whole situation, but some some fun, interesting purchases there. Um, yeah. I don't know if people are going to kind of bash us over the over our choices in terms of what we're going for. Um, I, for one, think that massage chair, you can at least use it while, like, you're going to be struggling to use those golf clubs for at least a month or so. So there's no, there's a lot of uh, delayed gratification in the gift that you ended up choosing for yourself. That's a fair point, and you're right. I think it's a matter of time before all golf courses close, so... What am I going to do with golf clubs? Swing it at like people who are coming after me? I don't know. Yeah, it's that maybe once like they turn into white walkers or or to walkers or anything like that, then you could uh, have uh, some utilization of those golf clubs. Yeah, they can get a taste of the Mac Daddy. Totally agree. So, Andrew, um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Maybe some like closing words about coronavirus and maybe like what you can. Uh, encourage people to do out there um, because of the virus? So one thing I think we've talked about throughout this podcast is the idea of how to stay connected with people and friends. Um, I think it's, I think it's so easy for us to get this feeling of cabin fever and then just start feeling hysterical or a little crazy, especially as I think these weeks turn into maybe even months or longer. Uh, I do think that these self are these strong restrictions around quarantining and staying indoors aren't going to go away anytime soon. So I think the most important thing for everyone is to just try and stay connected with people, whether it's even whether it's from calling friends and family to just doing group chats or even playing board games online or even like Kevin 
downloading a, a game to just play and like maybe finding other friends you can play games with. I think that's going to be one of the key ways for us to make it through this together. I think when you're isolated, you feel alone, but I think because there's so many of us in this world, we're, we're, we're built to be social creatures. And um, thankfully with technology, we have ways of staying connected socially, even when we can't be there with each other uh, in a physical manner. We have technology to be uh, to engage our social muscles uh, virtually. So I would say for all the listeners out there, uh, just stay in touch with your friends. Find ways, find, be creative. Try to find ways to just uh, hang out with each other virtually and just keep in touch with your family. I mean, Kevin and I are from New Jersey. Kevin lives there now. And New Jersey is um, one of the states that are more heavily affected than others. So in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking about my parents and my mom and my sister who live up there. And I'm sure Kevin is as well. And some of us have relatives in Korea who are even in even more dire circumstances than we are. Um, so I know at times it's easy to just keep reading the news and feel down and out and think that this is completely gone to shit. But there are morsels of good news out there in the news. There are people that you can gather with virtually and just um, lift each other up and encourage each other. So I know we're going to be in for, I think, a long ride, but it's not going to be the worst. And I'm just happy I get to be able to talk to friends through phone, through the Internet, even have a chance like to come onto this podcast with Kevin where, unfortunately for Kevin, there isn't, there isn't too many sports things to talk about other than what, like Australian something and something else. But, uh, <laughs> but for us to just kind of catch up in a unique way like this, I appreciate that. So um, I would say, yeah, people just find ways to stay connected and you're not alone. Totally agree. Like echoing all the sentiments that you have to say, AK, in terms of make sure everyone that you're not alone, you have people around you, um that are near and far virtually or or in real life um so always uh be in touch and like this is big this whole stuff about the coronavirus is bigger than uh what what it is that it can do on your personal life but just try to think outside of yourself um and for the greater good of humanity so i just encourage all the things and echo all the things that andrew just ended up saying so ak thanks a lot for coming back onto the podcast a uh, little bit different than usual but always good to hear uh your voice and to hear your insights hey thanks for having me kevin i appreciate it i hope you hear this message and i hope it makes you smile don't worry about me baby because i swear that i'll be fine i got a girl with a mind on love the kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up And I'm addicted, I can't get enough